This is how old you took the Myers Briggs? Uh, I started. This would have been in um, earliest would would have been like fifth or sixth grade. Fascinating. Okay, maybe. Yep, I want to say like seventh or eighth. All right, and I reverse engineered the test. Of course you did. So I cheated. Yeah, that's who you are. That so I cheated at, to make myself indeterminately personality neutral. Yep. And the thing was. <laughs> We took this test so many times and we took different versions of it. There was one with like where there were spectrums and you were drawing a shape between your scores and and mine was this perfect little diamond square because I had reverse engineered mm-hmm, that test. Mm-hmm. And it became a thing where I would challenge myself to reverse engineer the test and then come out indeterminately like personality neutral. You're listening to the Find the Story podcast, where we seek to build a diverse community passionate about making the world a better place to live, work, and to play by learning to listen. We invite our guests to be vulnerable as we listen in on their story and hopefully realize we have more in common than we might have originally thought. In this episode, we hear from my good friend, Matt Chinoweth. That's right, the one who cheats on personality assessments. So, Matthew. Matt, Matthew? Either one. Either one. Either way, the tech clears. Can I call you Steve? You can call me, I mean... The check probably wouldn't clear for Steve, so we'll That's keep it to That's probably true, yeah. Something close to legal? Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, well, let's start back at the beginning. Where you were born, where you grew up, parents, siblings. Yes. Okay, so February 24th, 1985, personally oh, identifying information right there. Yeah. Um, I was born uh, outside of Dallas. Uh, my mom, Kathleen, my dad, Michael. I was the second of three kids, two sisters, the only boy right in the middle. So I've got tons of personality problems. Yes. When, when we get together to do all of my Enneagram stuff, all of those will just come spilling out. It's a fact. Yeah. Childhood was awesome. I remember like maybe a handful of things about Dallas. And then when I was seven, we moved to Northwest Arkansas because dad got a job in the IT section of a small regional grocer that's um it's pretty obscure i'm not certain if anybody's ever heard of it what's the name uh walmart 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 that is yeah yeah that is pretty obscure it's it's a little obscure i've heard of it i'm not sure many people have but right i'm pretty woke as we've already established (laughs) so yeah i'm just trying to live my life yeah not being that guy right yeah no um so he uh he got hired on there um we all moved up to northwest arkansas which at the time and is to my knowledge even currently is an awesome place to live and raise kids there was just enough infrastructure to where you didn't feel like you were half an hour from the nearest like windies uh, yet there was like outdoorsy stuff it would snow maybe once a year it would there were um, rivers to raft down, stuff like that. Sounds pretty so, perfect. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, then high school hit like a bag of hammers. Yes. Uh, what, what does that mean for you? Oh, uh, I just didn't like it. Because of social issues, because of school structure, all the above. Yeah, I'd say most like mostly social stuff. Um, I know exactly, like I still talk to two people from high school fair enough and so they were the kinds of life friends that you can make in high school but everybody else like really quickly fell off the radar uh Mm -hmm. for college went um right across the 
street from Fayetteville High School to college at the University of Arkansas. Um, this is literally across the street? It, pretty literally, yeah. Nice. Um, what was actually across the street from Fayetteville was their uh, football stadium, but then on the other side of Those that, Arkansas football stadiums, not quite a Texas football stadium. <laughs> Though hey. not for lack of trying. Right. Yeah, there was, yeah. I, I think, well, now that I'm going to say this on air, uh, you should probably fact check me, but we would always tell ourselves my freshman year because we had just had a Jumbotron installed nice. that it was the biggest in the world or something like well, that. Well, yeah, of, of course you're going to say those types of things. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And it may have been for, you know, like three hours or something, but yep. then I'm I'm certain some, someone in Texas installed one that was bigger. So, okay. So childhood, grew up in, growing up in... Childhood was overall awesome. I mean, right. you know, who likes high school? I mean, when you talk to Aaron, she'll very much like high school. But um, fair enough. The, then, there's a small percentage of people who enjoyed high school. Oh yeah. The yeah, rest yeah. of us had interesting <laughs> issues. We were happy to move into the dorm. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so then after oh, so this is fun. Um, I stretched out undergrad into an extra semester so that it wouldn't kill me. Um, <laughs> so I've I finished my last my extra half lap, my victory half lap. Um, was in the fall of 2008. Okay. So I remember going to the engineering college career expo and I had everything like optimized and planned out and I'm walking around and everybody's like, yeah, we'll take your resume, but we're not hiring. Yeah. 2008 was, uh, 2008, it was, was a rough a year. Yeah. And I guess they had to, they had to show up or else they'd lose their spot for the year after. And of course, yeah, you gonna... still have to do the career fairs and things. So I went to grad school. Okay. Uh, you know, long story short there. Um, and then finished grad school, moved down to South Arkansas, worked for a defense contractor down there at a satellite site. Gosh, I want to say two and a half years after that, uh, our common friend, Justin Roark. I was... Uh, hi, hi, Justin. Hey, hi, Justin. Hey, Justin. Yeah. Shout out to, to Justin Roark. Um, he... Uh, he, I was in Fayetteville visiting him one weekend and he gives me the name of a friend in St. Louis that uh, I should meet because our children would be like little Leonardo da Vinci's. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he had, he had said the name Aaron. And uh, so I looked at his Facebook friends who were named Aaron and from St. Louis and there was one, so I felt pretty good about my chances. Yeah. Uh, totally reached out to her on Facebook behind Justin's back. Okay. Um, and then in a power move, instead of asking her for her phone number, I gave her my phone number. Oh. Yeah. It's bold. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's... And then my phone proceeded to not receive her text messages for two days. The the rudeness that, <laughs> yeah. that exists on that one. I won't say which. Yeah. Uh, but the it was AT&T um and so the you may have to bleep that out i'm not certain if i can drop well, i'm, names I'm like having that. issues with AT&T right now anyway based on our internet connection it's more issues with charter cuz they won't they yeah. won't charge me the $4000 to put high speed yeah. internet into my house and uh -huh. so i have to deal with whatever AT&T i can get right now so well maybe they could be a sponsor ooh ooh 
I don't think they do that. Yeah. They don't sell mattresses. So Charter, if you're listening, Spectrum, I guess I should say. I'm probably offending you by saying Charter, but that's okay. Well, let's pause there before we get into the origin story of yeah. you and Aaron and yeah. your beautiful children. Um, the As you have grown and some would say matured. I would. Um, as okay. you have you ever, I, I'm a big fan of, and I have to ask everybody about their personality profiles, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram. You mentioned Enneagram earlier. You um, got to help me with that. That's yeah, why. my plan is to help you with that. Have you taken any yet? Do you know what you are? Uh, this is going to tell your listeners so much about me. When I was in elementary school, Arkansas had a gifted and talented um, curriculum program thing. And the idea was that kids would disrupt school for two reasons. Either they were disruptive mm-hmm. or they were bored. Yes. And so the idea was to identify all those kids who would be bored in like normal school and then give them extra work to do. Yep. Um, I, I can relate only I'm, I'm interested that it, you, you call it gifted and talented because that that's what they that, called it. I, right. It in that pretty much ruins an opportunity that they had as we called it talented and gifted or tag uh, gat just doesn't have the same ring yeah. that tag does yeah. by going talented and gifted. We went with GT. Oh yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. You just go with tag Arkansas, man. Rewind time. Fix that. When the, when the time machine. <laughs> You're sitting on a gold go. mine. <laughs> All right. So, so gifted and talented. So we, t- we took a lot of the like Myers Briggs, um, and I looked at the little piece of paper and I saw this is how old you took the Myers-Briggs. I started, this would have been in um, earliest would, would have been like fifth or sixth grade. Fascinating. Okay. Maybe. I want to say like seventh or eighth, but it, I, I started um, GT in fourth grade. And so, uh, and went through until like ninth. So somewhere in there. Sometime during that experience. And I reverse engineered the test. Of course you did. So I cheated. Yeah, that's who you are. That So I cheated at, to make myself indeterminately personality neutral. Yep. And the thing was, <laughs> we took this test so many times and we took different versions of it. There was one with like, where there were spectrums and you were drawing a shape between your scores and and mine was this perfect little diamond square because I had reverse engineered mm-hmm, that test. Mm-hmm. And it became a thing where I would challenge myself to reverse engineer the test and then come out indeterminately like personality neutral. And I'm certain that after the first time, I'm 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 pretty certain I fooled the teacher the first time I did it. Okay. And then every other time after that, when it came out that this had happened before, the teacher's like, yeah, okay. All right, whatever. So, uh, so the rest of the class, let's learn about what all these things mean. Um, so I, I don't actually know because I'm, I don't think I've ever given it a, a good honest try. Cause I'm not certain I've ever done one since that, time yeah it's interesting when you take these tests 
and why you're taking them one. And so that's why I'm fascinating. Because <laughs> I'm bored that, in normal class. <laughs> well, that's why I'm fascinating that they were doing it at such an early age. And and because depending on the the profile you're looking at, whether it's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or anything, it tells you something different about yourself. Like yeah. Myers-Briggs is great to tell you kind of how you interact with others, how you show up. Uh, Enneagram does a great job of telling you why you show up that way, all of that. Um, but you you do have to take them honestly <laughs> and unbiasedly <laughs> to be able to because yeah when you when you read one of the questions and it's like do you typically do this or this you can be like well I'd probably normally answer that way but I'm gonna see what happens if I answer it this way but I need a I need yeah. an X in this other column yeah, yeah yeah and yeah of course of course and then there there are the people who like an enneagram you can show up as multiple numbers like different mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. that tells you you're probably a 6 if you mm-hmm. show up across uh, multiple numbers um if one doesn't rise to the top but people who show up in the middle it it tells you something about them we won't get into that cuz this is your story not the enneagram story um later yeah but that that does tell us a lot about you um in in that regard then honestly what uh what does motivate you? What are you passionate about? What what do you care about? Um, I'm glad that you didn't have this idea a couple of early uh, years earlier when I lived here because it was moving from St. Louis to Southern California. Um, and I, I had a coworker who was trying to get me to tutor his son in, uh, like programming stuff. Okay. This is um, while you were here in St. Louis? No, this was in California. In California. Okay. Uh, and, and I was, um, and I was asking him like, Oh, does your son like programming? He's like, no, that's just where all the jobs are. Okay. That's like, fascinating. That's, that's an interesting play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking about why I was, why I was doing this, the project that I was working on and, um, I just kind of stumbled onto probably the closest thing to an original thought that I've ever had in all of my life, uh, which is my whole my whole thing is to try to help people be one percent better today than they were yesterday. What I'm doing right now is working on a product that'll help everybody on my team at work um, do their work faster and more consistently and um, better. And so, and that's, and I'm motivated to do that by, um, trying to make everybody around me 1% better today than they were yesterday, borrowing, ripping, of course, off the, I think it was like Toyota who was doing lean manufacturing stuff where they'd pay people like three to $7 for, um, suggestions on what they could do better. And then all of a sudden, We've got cheap Civics and Corollas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like rocking their perspective markets or whatever they're doing. So one percent better. You talk about a product you're doing, you're building at work. Um, how does that translate into the rest of your life outside of work and in just interacting with people? Well, I have lots of unsolicited life advice. Of course, don't we all? Oh yeah, uh, um, I do have to. I do have to keep myself from interjecting and being the the person who says actually a bunch. Um, apparently that's called mansplaining and it's bad. Uh, so I hear, 
Yeah. So I hear. Yeah. I, I'm accused of that often. Yeah. So we can get that. Out yeah. There. I'm a terrible person in that respect. But um, the I guess this comes from uh, um, everything that I now believe at this point in my life mm-hmm. or that um, that I know now or uh, viewpoints or opinions that I would hold. Um, they're they're all the result of me having changed my mind as far as I've come so far about trying to not be a terrible person. Uh, at one point in my life, I was much, much worse. Okay. And so give me, what does terrible person mean? What does that look like? I just, besides mansplaining. uh, Well, mansplaining is a, is a good, good example. Actually there, I did it. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, because to me it wasn't it wasn't ever about like proving myself right except in like high school when it was 100 percent about proving myself right mm-hmm. uh or justifying myself or whatever like i just wanted everybody to be right i had information that you didn't have okay. and um if we all had it then we'd all be better for it so actually this <laughs> thing that you just brought up in conversation uh, and and just presuming that everyone would be glad that I just pointed out that they were wrong. Right, right. Um, because, of course, they would know that I had altruistic motives for it. They don't. And I didn't always, to be fair. So yeah, to be fair. Um, it, um, yeah. So mansplaining that tendency of of correcting somebody i have or, information you need and i'm going to share it whether you like it or not or Back to unsolicited advice yeah or, or like i found this super interesting because i always thought that you had to do things this way until i learned out learned that that was completely false or like uh in in very early age there was this cartoon movie about christopher columbus and they thought that he was going to sail off the side of the earth. They didn't think he was going to sail off the side of the earth. They knew really well how big the earth was. They thought he was going to starve because mm-hmm. they didn't know that there was land here. So isn't that interesting? And aren't you glad that I just corrected you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if there isn't enough stuff with Christopher Columbus. So We would call that growth <laughs> is what we would call that, <laughs> of discovering that about yourself. Um, so... Let's go back to uh, Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. your Facebook stalking Aaron, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she has not replied to you. And then Justin texted me to ask why I wasn't responding to her texts. Oh, because he because okay. first. So within within 30 minutes of me sending the Facebook message, he texted me and he was just saying something like, that was a bold move, my friend. <laughs> um, and then two days later, hearing nothing and um, kind of forgetting about it, then uh, it wasn't that I forgot about it. I was just busy. Oh, no, we heard right. what you said and, yeah. and we know what you meant. Right. That's, of course. Um, the He texted me. He's like, why aren't you responding to anything? I was like, I haven't been getting anything. And so he gave me her phone number and um, reached out. And I was like, hey, I'm really sorry that uh, I haven't been receiving your text messages. Sorry, that, you've been texting me incorrectly. If, and then you mansplain how to text actually, correctly. Yeah, right. Of course. 
no no i have to do more than disclaim my wife is super capable and super smart way smarter than the rest of us for sure way smarter than me for sure but um that hopefully that embarrasses or just the the small smidgen but um the so then two weeks later uh how did i get up here the first weekend i think i flew the first weekend okay and then pretty consistently every two and a half weeks i would show up because i had long weekends there was a train that ran from arkadelphia to st louis and back on the close enough to the appropriate schedule that i could catch that train Mm -hmm. after work on a thursday and then catch the train sunday night and then make it back for work so what's what's motivating this behavior at this point because this is somebody that justin says hey i think you should meet this person you send your phone number very boldly right and then start texting and then all of a sudden you're traveling hundreds of miles every other week well she was incredibly cool okay um and she's really hot yeah so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that helps. I'm saying yes in agreement. Sure. This is getting really awkward. I'm saying yes in agreement. Somebody else that you I understand yeah. you saying no. that about Aaron. No, um because yeah. both of our wives are outside of the room right now. I just right. want to make sure that very hanging clean. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talking about us. Probably. Um the well, she was just super cool. Um, she was super cool. She was funny. She wouldn't laugh at all my jokes and I was I was used to people not laughing at all my jokes and so I kind of tailor made stuff as like is this the stuff that people laugh at just to be courteous or right. and then so, and then you, so you found some in. sincerity in right. that that she's not laughing right. at everything like oh you're you, so funny <laughs> there was some right. of that but mostly she'd just say what yeah okay Uh, on the stuff that was a little bit too weird yeah um and she's incredibly cool she was really fun to talk to um we had a lot of stuff in common we um we both this wasn't in the first week i'm not certain how quickly this came out other than it came out it came out reasonably quickly that we were both pretty passionate about adoption okay um and then uh, it's a pretty fascinating part of your story. Yeah, for sure. I should leave. I should probably leave her thing. Uh, her thing with adoption and her story uh, about adoption is way more fascinating than mine. Stay tuned for next episode. Stay tuned for Aaron Chenoweth. Um, so me, it was just trying to take seriously all the times in the Bible where it talks about orphans mm-hmm. and, and so I was just predisposed because I was trying to be consistent with what I claimed to believe. Uh, and so, and hers, her story's way cooler than mine on that. But, um, we were both, that's one of the biggest examples of stuff that we had in common. And, um, which is a pretty big one, frankly, it's not like, we we both want a house in the woods and those kinds of things. This is like that's a pretty big thing for you to either be. We actually like lightly low key disagree on that. So. Well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. As, as do Sarah and I, but that's a whole other story. And these are as we our stories, not in theirs. your house in the woods. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so uh, keep going. So you you find this commonality over adoption, 
and this becomes a big part of your story. But and so I flew up here and um, and just had that time of our lives. Um, we went, or at least mine, mm-hmm. uh, we went to Miley, um, over off of Hanley and, yep. uh, which you just celebrated an anniversary of that first date location. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. This is um, the power of Instagram. Yes. Which Aaron is also much better at than me. <laughs> um, so we did that. We, um, just hung out there. It was really quick before, um, uh, I was going to, I think, my second technically my second cardinals game but the first one that i remember and that was super fun and there's for for those who may not know there's a lot of stuff to do in st louis there is there's a lot more to do in st louis than in southern arkansas probably true um we are in and we are not only the crime capital of the world. There are also a lot, a lot of adventurous things to do and a lot of entertainment, some for free, but also crime capital of the world. Right. So yeah, it's good with bad. Yeah, of course you have to swing the 1% better. 1% better. Mumble, mumble, mumble. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so that was a lot of fun came up here and, uh, if we're going to do one with her and me both, then that would probably be the appropriate time for like the epic, uh, um, proposal story, uh, because she very, very quickly, and this may have been the first weekend she had said something about how impossible it was for her to surprise, mm-hmm. to be surprised and how she had never been surprised and how she had guessed correctly every time she was trying to be surprised. And at that point I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to marry this girl. Yeah. Um, and, but when it became super apparent that I was going to marry this girl, then um, I knew from before I knew that I was going to marry her, um, that I was going to try to surprise her and I pulled it off. Spoilers. Yeah. um, So so again, stay tuned because we'll, we'll get into that when, (laughs) when we bring her in here as well. But, uh, so tell us more about the family now, because it's not just you, Aaron. Yes. So in, um, so we got engaged and I was still in, uh, Southern Arkansas. Okay. Um, I was eight hours away and the, and even the wonderful folks at Southwest Airlines weren't giving me a good enough fare and the, um, the good folks at Amtrak were their fares were going up and it crossed the threshold because it was cheaper to, to ride Amtrak than it okay. was to get the round trip of gas. Yeah. Um, and okay. so then that became not true. And so I um, started driving up and that's a fun drive if you like woods. Um, and right. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the, and then so I was still in Southern Arkansas and uh, we were engaged and in in a nine month in a nine month uh span of time i moved to st louis i got a new job um i got married i we got a dog we bought a house and we were pregnant 
in nine months. Nice little honeymoon phase you had there. And we went to Disney World. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> right, yeah. Rack, rack that one up on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, we we just don't know how to stop. And so we had our son, um, and just were completely enamored with him. And then everyone at our church, um, was completely enamored with him. And he's adorable and. Um, hilarious and uh, and then we fast forward a couple of years um, I got an opportunity to move to uh, LA County and work for a different defense contractor and um, so we moved out there because they made me an offer I couldn't refuse mm-hmm. um, I could have refused it but yeah, it was you, you a substantial have, yeah. it was a it would have been a substantial loss um, and so that's where we are now. And, um, out in California, we had our daughter, um, and they're both, uh, adorable. Are we, are we saying names? Yeah, go for uh, it. It's, so, it's up uh, to you. my, my son is, uh, is James Alley and he's named for my, um, my f- granddad on my father's side and her grandmother on her father's side's maiden name. So and that's the James in the alley, the James okay. in the alley. Um, and then, and we call him Jack, Jack for his, sure. And unless you've never heard it out loud and you're reading it on paper and then it's Jace, but, um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. There's happened, a story there. Yeah. Has happened sure. a couple of times in California. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and then my daughter's, uh, Lottie Joe, cause Aaron really liked the name Lottie and her, the closest thing to a matriarch in her family is her aunt Jo, um, whose Christmas parties are still epic. Okay. And, um, so that's, uh, Jack and, and Lottie Jo. Lottie Jo. That keeps your Southern or your Arkansas roots in there with a nice, nice Southern name. Lottie Jo. Lottie Jo. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even put that together. Oh, come on. Uh, look, because it's, it's it's J O. It's not J O E, or, or like it's not short for anything. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just a double like, name. It's not Joanne. Yeah. Like if it was Lottie Joanne, then yeah, I would have gotten there like yesterday. Yeah, but okay. the oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so <laughs> life in today. life in Southern California, apart from your families, it, what it, what does that look like for you guys? Um. So I I have. 410. So I work Monday through Thursday. And so that gives us long weekends to um, explore um, Southern California, go to Disneyland um, a couple of times. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot that's really hard about um, Southern California, but we've um, gotten plugged into just an incredible community through our church small group. And um, it's a lot of uh, short term people. Um, it, we're in the area of Edwards Air Force Base. And so we get a lot of people who are just passing through. Um, but it's some good friendships, um, there that I should probably shout out, but, um, it's, it's tough being away from, family. Mm -hmm. It's tough being on the other side of the Rockies from, from family. The, the Rockies make me super thankful for the very good folks at Southwest airlines. They should be a sponsor. If anyone from Southwest airlines (laughs) is 
uh, is listening, first of all, thanks for the companion pass. And secondly, you should sponsor this podcast. Yeah. And like al- yesterday. Also, thank you for the po- thank you for the companion pass. Yeah. Because of oh the amount gosh. of money that I spent on your credit card to earn that thing. Dang. Is, that's, yeah. That's a fact. So Jeez. anyway. Full endorsement. And uh, people like to argue with me about how much I like Southwest. I don't understand why. There's a there is a culture that exists in Southwest as a company. Yeah. Um that one of the things I'm passionate about in organizational health, mm-hmm. um, Pat, a huge Pat Lanchoni fanboy, there are all mm-hmm. of his books up there somewhere. Um, that uh, when he talks about organizational health and, and attending the table group conference, hearing their story about mm-hmm. why it is so important to them and and mm-hmm. how they keep that culture going in a company the size of theirs is is pretty incredible. So it does set them apart. Um, from a culture and a customer service perspective. So beyond our own experience, there's a reason our experience is what it is with yeah. them is because of their organization. Yeah. Health. But they're basically the reason that I can live in Southern California because um, th- we travel back to this area or to Texas where my family is uh, yearly and many times, multiple times per year. I, I think the first year we were in Southern California, we we traveled back here like seven times. Yeah. It was some ridiculous number of days that were spent not in Southern California when we lived there. And you um, could spend a couple of hundred bucks on Amtrak, but then it's a three day journey. Yeah. I don't have that much PTO. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't know who does. So you're, you're in Southern California, have a couple of awesome kids. They're adorable. I will agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, any idea what's next? What's five, 10 years from now look like for you? So I really like that question um, because I get to artfully not answer it. So um, the short answer is I don't I don't have a clue. Right. I, I don't really know. Um, but the reason I can say that with pretty much absolute confidence is that if you put a five year slider um, anywhere along the timeline of my life, the the last time where I would know at the beginning of that slider what the end of that slider would look like was my junior year of high school because I would have said, well, I'm going to the U of A right. and I'm going to be graduating or I'm going to be finishing my senior year. I was finishing my senior year, but then after that, everything has changed in increments of way less than five and a half or five years. It's been closer to like two and a half years. Yeah, of course. Um, and so I, it, there's no way that I can, um, with any kind of credibility, even begin to answer that question. Um, I'm, I'm very confident that I'll still be married to Aaron. Yes. Um, and that's about it. Fair enough. But, um, I'm super stoked because at every point in time, it's been way better than what I way different and way better than what I would have imagined at the beginning of that slider. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Interesting how that works. So if you were to look at kind of your passion of making people, maybe encouraging people Mm -hmm. to be 1% better, um, because baking would be the mm-hmm. there's you have a little more control over the word making than maybe you don't control people <laughs> in one person better. Do this. this is the this is my unsolicited <laughs> advice to you. Um, but it's my podcast, so I get to do that. How what do you think 
what kind of path does that put you on then as you as you look at the next five years, say, mm-hmm. as how do you plan to or how do you think you might incorporate that into your day to day? I don't know. Um, that's a much better question, I, I, I guess, especially for me. It, it is difficult to live in Southern California. Um, so it's just, I mean, uh, the long and short of it is that it's just another place to live. Mm-hmm. It's got really cool things about it and it's got stuff that people will get on talk radio and, and bemoan and everything's way more complicated than, than talk radio. So that's why we have podcasts, I guess. Right. Shameless promotion. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, um, the Northrop is a very good company. Um, I really enjoy working there because um, I know that there's a perception of what people have to be like to be in defense contracting. And it, and there's just spectrums of people, no matter where you go. Um, but the vast majority of people who are people who would bend over backwards to help you. So I, I really, I really enjoy working there. I'm proud of working there. So if anyone at Northrop is listening, then I'm, fully intent on <laughs> continuing my employment with you. Hmm. Let's see. Jack's five. So he'd be 10. Uh, and that's a rough time in anybody's life. And I would, I would assume that that would only be worse in Southern California. So I don't know if I would want to put him through that there. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be fine working anywhere. I'd be fine um, doing there. There's a lot of things where uh, I was, I was one of those kids who could never really decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yep. Do you have it figured out now? Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? uh, Anything that helps people be 1% better today than they were yesterday. Um, No. So it's more about, and, and this is actually something that, um, Stephanie identified in in my story as mm-hmm. she was sitting in the seat and I was in your seat. It is about the value and the mm-hmm. passion rather than the thing. Yeah. Um. I I I like to keep my hand in a lot of things as I know you do as well mm-hmm. and like to to tinker and play and so um it it is about kind of that path. That's why I asked is the the passion mm-hmm. about making people one percent better than they are today. Um, right. Is as long as that stays true the 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 activity behind that mm-hmm. does that matter no not yeah. even kind of uh the job that i had here was more about cutting one percent off the cost of the thing that you were doing it was mm-hmm. very project oriented uh and the projects by necessity had a beginning a middle and an end and it was always about doing the the same thing um that you were doing before and it wasn't about like how can we do this better or what would be a more robust solution or the the sense of accomplishment came from shaving a little bit off the bottom line and so that is that wasn't a very good fit 
for me, um, it was for me, it's much better what I'm doing now, which is helping the people on my team try to do their job in a way that um, takes away the the busy work and takes away the repetitive um, stuff that you can, for instance, teach a computer how to do mm-hmm. and then teach the computer how to do it so that you can get back to doing what um, what we're paying the people on my team to do. Uh, which is engineer stuff. So right. it's, um, uh, so that's, what's exciting about it. Everything else is details yeah. and kind of fades into the background. Um, awesome. but yeah, the, that's me. So as with every episode of this now, which you are episode three, I nice. guess if I do the math, right, because, uh, I, I have had a, a one more episode now. Um, and, at the end of every episode, yeah, like to ask if you've seen the uh, Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton, one of the greatest Ooh. shows ever on TV. He ends every episode with a series of prose questions. Okay, so it, here are mine. Here's okay, my great. version of this. Great. Um, are you ready? See. Rapid fire. What is your favorite word or phrase? Oh man, <laughs> I'm a lot like the weird uncle who. He's got lots of like little stories. Did I tell you about the time I dot, dot, dot. Uh, so I've also got a lot of little catchphrases that um, Aaron, for instance, will catch me saying a lot. And she'll be like, you've been on you've been on a kick. And lately it's been something that I got from uh, my roommate in southern Arkansas. And it's uh, it's only a gimmick if it doesn't work. Okay. Gosh, what are some others? That's the, that is definitely the one. That's the current one. That's the current one. That's the one that's in heavy rotation right now. I'm on record right now, so I can't leave without um, ripping off uh, Dr. Tim Keller. Okay. Um, because there's so much baggage with Christianity, and there's so much extra stuff that you have to consider. Uh, um, I guess that's the definition of baggage, but he better than anyone else that I know of has been able to distill the message of the Christian gospel. Um, and so, um, the, that phrasing is, um, that I, to make it personal, I'm more broken and sinful than I ever dared imagine, but more loved and accepted than I ever dared hope. And that that phrasing or something better than what I'm remembering is his... I'll fact check it later with Monica Padman. (laughs) What Matt actually meant. (laughs) Um, No, uh, the listener should definitely go check out Tim Keller. He's uh, He turns a lot of the stereotypes about American preachers like on their heads and he's super duper smart agreed i actually had the um opportunity to meet him and shake his hand though he for sure doesn't remember um that's another story for next time um that's his formulation of of the christian gospel and uh that's probably what i'd want my overarching life um to be able to to communicate to people is that 
formulation um, just because it's small enough to where I can memorize it. It's um, it and it it's sufficient for uh, everything that I think the gospel is trying to communicate. So, Excellent. all right. So swinging the pendulum the other way, what is your least favorite word or phrase? Oh my gosh. I think the closest thing to an answer. So, um, I obviously love my granddad a lot for, for one, I named my son after him, but, um, that dude is super capital C politically conservative. Okay. Um, that's not your word or phrase, is it? That, that would be like, because I don't know what it means anymore. Okay. So it's not that I don't like it. I just, I have no idea because everything that I thought I learned from granddad, um, about politics specifically, um, I would have summarized with the word conservative and now I have no idea what that means. So, um, living in Southern California, the words come up a few mm, times, maybe and just, just a few, yeah. a handful. I, and, and it's to the point where it doesn't matter what I actually believe. Like it, it truly, like, I'm not trying to say that yeah, it yeah. truly does not matter. I would self-identify as politically independent because I don't want, like, I don't have time. I don't have the, the mental health to deal with the, the vitriol that'll come from self-identifying as anything other than, um, politically independent. So I'm my, my current least favorite word right now is conservative. Um, because I, I just don't have time. I, yeah. I got two kids. I got a, other stuff I got to deal with. I got to pay enough. the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Like, All right. So, Maybe, maybe not related would yeah. be what, uh, what trait do you admire most in others? Oh my gosh. This is super easy because it's, um, the, the type of selflessness that most people would call like kindness or patience mm-hmm. or humility but I like because there's a, there's kindness where you're just kind to people and there's humility where you don't think about yourself. I get that. But it's the kind of thing where you've really figured yourself out enough to where you're not constantly trying to use every interaction to figure yourself out. Um, and I, I would, I would call that a kind of selflessness. Um, and that's, and I don't have that. And that, and so I did, I very much like that. Awesome. Kind of the Mr. Rogers-ness. Yes. Yeah. There are very few Mr. Rogers, very yeah. few Billy Grahams, very yeah. few. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, again, going the opposite direction, what uh, trait do you most despise, deplore? dislike and others um so i've i i i'll i'll rephrase that as the one that's most annoying to me is um the 
I guess the opposite where, cause like what I want to say is, um, I just, I just lost the word. Golly. Entitlement. That's what entitlement. it is. Self-entitlement. Okay. Yeah, Self-entitlement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha-ha. There it is. Um, but it's, it's, it's not just the, all those dang millennials, which I'm one and I own a home. So don't, so, so don't write. Okay. Boomer. <laughs> Touche. Mm. Mm. Uh, but like, remember I'm pretty woke. <laughs> okay. So you, you know, all the jargon. Yeah. Like when, um, when somebody comes up to you and they're asking you a question and you, you immediately interpret it as, Oh, this person actually wants my unsolicited life advice and they don't, they just want to argue with you. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I've spent a lot of time looking at financial independence, retire early and, uh, and what you're telling me is actually wrong. And, I just don't have time for it. I don't yeah. have. Um, so it, I guess it's more than just being a millennial or it's more than just the self entitlement. Um, Cause I can understand why somebody's life story would have them be super self entitled, but it's the, the thing where um, you can't be wrong, where you can't admit that you're, that you, there's a non-zero probability that you're wrong about the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um what talent would you most like to have? Ooh. Ooh that's a very good one. I find myself uh oh landing the plane. Oh that's that's uh, uh, that's not what I was going to say but that's totally it. Um cuz I'm super long-winded. This is not technically landing a plane that you're flying. This is no, 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 no. Though that would be cool. It w- I, I just, I'd say that would be a skill. Yeah. Like being able to fly a plane, that would be a skill that I'd want. Yes. I'd, I, but I'd want the talent of being able to be succinct, okay. um, and like start the story and not get bogged down on in this other detail that might be important. Yeah. Um, There's no irony in you sharing this as part of the podcast, <laughs> is there? No one needed to know that I was 45 minutes away from the nearest Wendy's in Southern Cal- yeah. or, in Southern Arkansas. Or the question of what is your favorite word or phrase that turned into an entire, you know, word, <laughs> word or phrase that turned into it. No, that's, I, I'm picking on you. I kid because I care. Uh, absolutely. Is, um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh gosh. All of them. Um, that's an answer. See, I, I just think everything's so fascinating and so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in calculus three and, and somebody, um, came in, we had a guest lecture in the class that related what we were learning to music. And then there was this epiphany that uh, all this music that I liked probably had some sort of mathematical structure to it uh, that could explain rationally why I liked it. Um, and there's all sorts of connections like that through everything. Um, so if there was something where, uh, I could like be able to, to maybe not investigate, but be able to share all that with people and like somehow making like illuminating those connections to make people better. Um, probably the only job that I'd 
leave that I just straight up leave Northrop for without question would be like a financial advisor. Okay. But there's all sorts of licensing and stuff that yeah, yeah. I don't have time to yeah. go get. So what so, would you not want to do? What uh what job would you hate? Uh something predatory. Uh I'm I'm thinking of where where my success necessarily meant not only your loss but like the loss uh the loss from everybody like mm-hmm. i i don't think i cuz i don't think i could sleep with that so not not just taking advantage of somebody like good old ambulance chasers or something but truly causing loss yeah, yeah 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 okay like like not so like a like a lawyer who's an ambulance chaser would be bad a lawyer who would help um an insurance company write policies that were legally airtight but screwed people over yeah okay. i don't think i could do that I, I can see that that makes sense um what is your greatest fear I I don't know if I know. Um, yeah, I've because I've um, thought about that some. Um, I mean, I'm stupid scared of needles, but that's not what you mean. Well, um, I don't know what I mean. I mean, it could be sure. needles. I mean, then it's probably needles. Could be snakes. Spiders, like I just freak out heights. around the time where it's yeah. like I have to I have to get into the to my good headspace to it, to go in and get a shot. And uh, put a bookmark in that Enneagram because we'll figure out what your greatest fear is based <laughs> on your Enneagram. That is one of the key things of the Enneagram profile is what is your greatest fear. And then so, I'll come back on a future episode and share it. Yeah, of course. When I run in, run out of content. Uh, <laughs> who Who is to you? Who is God? Ooh. Short answer, by the way. <laughs> we don't need to preach a sermon yet. Probably, probably the Christian God. You say probably. I want to hang out on that word for a second. What does that mean? Oh, so, well, because I don't know what anybody who might be listening would conceive of. I mean, my God is definitely the Christian God, okay. but my God being the Christian God probably looks different than what your listener is, is thinking of when they picture yeah. uh, picture him. Um, Maybe the point of the question is to okay. get everybody's perspective on. Cool, cool, cool. So, so I'd say... My God loved, loves me enough to have sent himself to, to be broken. Uh, so again, to rip off Dr. Keller, um, there, the immutable, like the unchangeable changed the, un, the undying died so that we who die might not. And um, there's a lot, I think there's so much to unpack in there that that's probably as good a soundbite as I could come up with. Fair enough. Um, So then that perspective of God, if heaven exists, what do you want God to tell you when you see him at the pearly gates? Gosh, it's such a cop out to quote the the verse about like that was my well answer. done my good and faithful servant um maybe something along the lines of like wasn't that fun yeah because okay. it is because there is very much like a like a roller coaster like a life being a uh 
a scary, ridiculous roller coaster um, where you can't see the track in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I get to the end and realize there was a track all the way, and then to to hear God say like, "Wasn't that fun?" That'd be pretty cool. It yeah. validate a lot of stuff that I believe right now. So yeah, there's some pretty awesome. deep theology wrapped up in that answer that we could get into. <laughs> um, what and, and so now thinking through this and and you talk about kind of those five year spans. What um what advice would you give to twenty year old you? Oh, invest in Google's IPO. Okay, okay fair I, enough. I mean, how much advice am I allowed? Like, am I allowed like a like a legal pay whatever? You, back? Yeah, whatever you would. Is you, this a college crib sheet where I like yeah, write in like question. four size font? I'll have to think about that. Is, is what are like, the parameters? How much time do you have with twenty year old you? Yeah, is it it? It reminds me of a comedy bit by T.J. Miller, um, yeah. who's had some some issues in things. But uh, as the actor comedian T.J. Miller, what he was he has a bit while he's on the set of Yogi Bear, and so he did a 3D Yogi Bear or something yeah. like that. And uh, he apparently had a seizure. And what uh, what happened was he's on the gurney, passed out, wakes up. Uh, medic comes over, says, you had a seizure, you're going to the hospital or something along those lines, yeah. like six words. Yeah. And gets to the hospital later in a while, you know, several days later comes out and doctor comes over and starts explaining things. And he, and his response to the doctor was, where's that medic? He could share a lot of information in a really <laughs> short amount of time. And so it just really boiled it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything seemed so important. And, um, optimization like i was 20 year old matt was so concerned about being the best right now i i think i'd tell him that like it it really the point is getting there like the the point isn't the point isn't where it is that you're going to end up it's the point is how you um how you go about it and that optimization is more about like getting a little bit well so back to one percent better every day Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. that's that's a way more robust way less frustrating um way more grace-filled way to to be yeah that's good advice for anybody yeah well matthew yes thank you for the time absolutely thank man. you for joining me on find the story um and we look forward to hearing from your wife and uh more from you maybe a little later too absolutely All i'll right. come back on anytime you want perfect thank you appreciate it so thanks for listening and thank you to mf bolton for the soundtrack to find the story i'm your host lance leonard and i'll see you next week 